I'm Ed Pierce. I don't give a damn about sports, but my two co-hosts love them. And every week, they try to convince me to care about sports just a little bit. From Epic Deer Studios, this is Two on One. And here are my sports-loving co-hosts. Uh, first up, Vinny Two Hands Conway. <laughs> Hi, Vinny. Word to the mother. Word to the mother. <laughs> and Kathleen, also two hands, Quinn. <laughs> throw, throw me the ball, Ed. I got it. I got it. I got it. Anything you need. All right, right good. There. Thanks. Right so as there. you guys know, you each present me a, a, an aspect of sports that you think that I will find interesting in order to get me to care about sports uh we'll award some maybe i'll award some points arbitrarily and then uh whoever um arbitrarily <laughs> arbitrarily and then whoever arbitrarily. is this uh last week we talking like Elmer Fudd or what? <laughs> and then uh, at the end um i declare uh, declare a winner and you receive a fabulous prize and this week it's a uh it's a 10 year old cozy cycles water bottle Pass. Mm. (laughs) Very nice. Plastic water bottle from Cozy Cycles 10 years ago. So um, uh, (laughs) I believe, uh, let's see, who's up first? I believe it's uh, Vinnie Conway, is it? Yeah, it's Vinnie. Okay. uh, Kathleen batted lead off last last week. Fantastic. So Vinnie, what do you have for me to get me to care about sports? The one thing I wanted to mention was we had this awesome story in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania on, on April 13th that came out of Pittsburgh. A small school, you guys might have heard of it, Yale University. (laughs) No, but Yale was playing in the Frozen Four. That was the NCAA Hockey Championships, uh, Mm -hmm. the the last four uh, NCAA Hockey uh, Championship um, in the semifinals. And what happened was, is Yale had never, ever, ever been to a... Actually, they had been to a Frozen Four. The last time they went there was in 1952. Hmm. And I know we talked about the Frozen Four before, and I know Ed, you don't give a hoot about uh, hockey. But I was uh, I, I was lukewarm uh, uh, on it, which is which is bad in a hockey game, right? Yeah. Yes, because you don't want to be skating on slush. <laughs> ask, right. the, ask the Flyers in the late '80s when the when the fog rose from the uh, from the ice in that uh, series against the Islanders. But no. <laughs> but what made this so cool, and I think you will give a damn about this after I mention this. But Yale University was basically a David versus Goliath. They literally were 15 seeds, 16 teams in the tournament. They were the 15th team out of the 16 teams that went to the tournament. That was number one. Number two, they happened to play Quinnipiac, which was the number one school in, the, in, the, in college hockey the entire year. And ironically, is less than 10 miles from the Yale campus, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm. They had been outscored by, by Quinnipiac. They met Quinnipiac three times during the year, three times during the year, and they were outscored by a whopping 13-3 to three in hockey. That's a blowout. That was number th- number three. And then number four, they not only beat Yale and beat them <laughs> bad. Excuse me, they not only beat Quinnipiac, but beat them bad, but they shut them out. They beat them four to nothing. It was a scoreless hockey game up until the third period, the third and final period with nine minutes left, I think. They got two quick goals within like two minutes of each other. Then they got an empty netter with, uh, they got two quick goals within like nine minutes of each other. Then they got another one um, about with about three minutes left. Then they tagged in an empty netter. But what made this story so cool 
is that Yale is the nation's oldest hockey program. They've been playing hockey at Yale University since 1896. And this was their first ever championship in 117 years of playing hockey in Connecticut. They won it all. And so, uh, so the so the deal is they um, uh, they've played it a long time, but basically they've decided they they really have better things to do, so they don't put much effort into it. Is that the deal? Well, until until this last year. Well, yes and no. Yes, because Yale. Remember, Yale doesn't give out scholarships. It's an Ivy League school. Ah. They don't give out athletic scholarships. These oh. are kids that they that are just that go for the school, go for the academics, and just happen to be, you know. Get, you know, ha- happen to be gifted athletes with God-given talent, but they don't give out athletic scholarships. No, because well, <laughs> yeah, they've, ne- they've there's a reason why they've always been so you know the, the doormat of college hockey because you get teams like Wisconsin and Michigan and Minnesota that are getting these kids out of junior hockey who either get A, drafted as a sophomore, and then maybe leave as a sophomore because they get drafted and play in junior hockey and then maybe get drafted by an NHL team. But these guys, I doubt they're, no one of these, none of these kids are probably going to get drafted. We'll have to wait and see when the NHL draft comes up at the end of June. The amateur draft comes up. But what makes it so cool is that no one really gave these guys a chance. It's almost like a 16 seed in NCAA basketball going to the top Final Four and winning it all. That's how rare it is. And to see a team that does not have scholarships, that is so crippled and has so few resources compared to the bigwigs and the powerhouses in their sport, it's just so neat to see them actually play with the bigwigs, dominate the bigwigs, and heck, beat them and then win a championship. <laughs> so they won. Oh, they won. Four to nothing. They're national champs. Their first ever Hmm. championship in 117 years of playing hockey. And the team that has the most championships is Michigan, the University of Michigan. The Wolverines, if I'm not mistaken, have eight, I think they have eight, eight national titles to their credit, eight or nine national titles to their credit. But Yale always struggled. And like I said before, you know, this was their first Frozen Four since 1952. So it's not like they've been very relevant over the over the past you know 50, 60 years. So Vinny, was there um, did uh, the Yale campus in New Haven uh, did the students riot? Did they cancel <laughs> classes the next day? Did they? I don't think they rioted, but they sure. But no. they they did give them a parade, from what I heard. I think they did. Cool. They gave them a parade. I think so, if I'm not hot, mistaken. Hot dog. Hot yeah. dog. Good. <laughs> it's just cool. They get like a quote parade, or you know, they totally. they weren't like you know, they weren't like a like. Well, I, I'm talking down about my alma mater, but it's not like Syracuse when we won the championship, the, the men's basketball championship in 2003 with Carmelo Anthony. We rioted and broke a bunch of windows and overturned a bunch of cars. And did you and, do uh, that? Did yeah. you do that, Vinny? No, no, that was a year after I graduated. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. good. I I, so, I couldn't imagine you uh, not abiding the law in all. And at all times, well, I would party, but I wouldn't overturn cars because <laughs> I had a friend. Get, I had a friend get tear gassed one time when Purdue won oh. the women's basketball title, and he was at Purdue, and he just happened to be in his fraternity house, and a bunch of, and it was right there where the riots were going on, and, and the cops tear gassed everybody, and it seeped in through the walls. Mm-hmm. Ouch! Well, who and hasn't said, been tear gassed though? <laughs> no, I, mean, I have not been tear gassed. <laughs> well, neither have I, and I don't plan on doing. It. That's one thing I don't. 
plan on doing. <laughs> yeah, I'm good with it. This is a heartwarming story because finally, finally some kids from Yale have something to be proud of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's, but that was ridiculous. You got to be more specific. <laughs> so, so these, so these, uh, these, these college kids are are basically superhuman, right? Because they're not they're not scholarship winners, and yet they went on to win to win the championship, and they're going to Yale. So they're they are smart and strong and tenacious, right? And they're they're freaks of nature, is what they are. Talented. Yeah. So they, I am sure, everyone on that team is eventually going to become president of the United States at some point. Yeah, or become the CEO of a company, you know, mm-hmm. or, or or a startup company. I mean, that's what makes it so neat. I mean, you, I mean, this is this is very similar to seeing something like a military or a service academy, you know. Excuse me, a service academy winning the championship. They're very limited in what they have. Um, obviously, they don't put their, you know, obviously they don't put their emphasis strictly on athletics. I mean, it's not like uh, Alabama that basically has a football team and even the guys at the draft were saying some of their some of the practices in Alabama are worse than like your first training camp in the NFL. It's not like that. It's not like that. This it, It's just something that doesn't happen very often and when it does it's just so cool to see because these kids play for the love of the game. These kids aren't trying to get drafted. If they get drafted that's fantastic but that's not the goal in life. This is just something that they do. This is like their escape almost, you know what I mean? You know, like like for example, in like at, at the Naval Academy at West Point or heck, I'm in Denver right now, just one hour south of here at the Air Force Academy. These guys, you know, really the athletics really is their like uh their their escape to get away from the daily grind. They gotta get up mm-hmm. at six AM and blah blah blah. But I mean I'm not comparing the service academies to Yale, but Yale puts more of an emphasis on academics compared to like like a Louisiana State or a University of Miami or a Florida State. And to see these guys, who knows? They they do, as a matter of fact, there were three players on the Quinnipiac team that are projected to go in the NHL draft this year. They might be first or second round draft picks. They're very good at what they do. They're very good players. Do you think I don't think anybody from Yale is gonna get drafted? And just seeing them play up against that talent and beat them and beat them handily. Well, what happened? Did Quinnipiac just fall apart? Were they lazy? Were they sleeping? Or or what happened there? Quinnipiac did not come out firing at all cylinders in that first period. They really, really, they they looked they, from what the radio guys were saying. They looked a little sluggish out, out of the gate there in the second period. Excuse me, the first period. Second period, Yale just matched them. They they came out flying. They finished their checks. They got the loose pucks. They got the puck in deep. They put they put a lot of rubber on the uh, on the Yale goaltender. But he was just stopping every <laughs> single puck that was thrown his way. Same thing with um, the Quinnipiac goalie. You know, Yale was shooting pucks at him. They were getting pressure on him. But it, like I said, it was a very, it was a toe-to-toe game, head-to-head until like late in the third period. But you know, they scored you know three quick goals and then an empty netter. I mean, the four-to-nothing score was not definitive of just how close the game really was. It was a scoreless tie up until the. Uh, up until uh, eight or nine minutes to play mm. in the game, mm-hmm. so it was a very evenly played hockey game. It's just they weren't. I just don't like. I said it just it wasn't that. Um, it was very. It was a very close knit game, but uh, the end result was very heartwarming and very cool because you talk about a Cinderella story. That's an understatement. And one final note: their coach, 
Yes. Was a Yale graduate, is a Yale graduate. In seven years, when he took the job, he said, I will bring a national championship to this university. Did he really? Yes, he was. Yes, he was. And he's a man of his word. (laughs) I'm going to start writing this screenplay today because this is a movie in the works right here. It really is a cool story. I mean, you know. All right. Fantastic. I'll I'll start start typing that up. That's (laughs) good. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks, Vinny. Uh, At the half, you've taken an early lead. Uh, I can give you a point for that. That did. I did. That was very interesting. So thank you. (laughs) <laughs> wow, you actually like something that so, I yes. said. <laughs> All right, so uh, Remember, uh, coming out of halftime, we're going to go over to see uh, what Kathleen old. Quinn can do, if she can bounce back from this huge point deficit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm going I'm to make a run at it. Let's see. Okay. All uh, right. So what, last, how can, what, can you, what can you tell me? Last night was the start of the uh, NFL draft. Oh, yes. It's right. So the uh, NFL uh, teams all get together in New York City at Radio City Music Hall, and they start drafting players out of college to hopefully come join their team and do great things for them in the future. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to talk about the number one <laughs> draft pick or the number yeah. 87 draft pick. Good. I hate that guy. <laughs> what year? Well, <laughs> yeah. I want to talk about the last Tim draft Cal- pick, which is named Mr. Irrelevant. Mr. Irrelevant. <laughs> the last draft pick, the last guy chosen in the NFL draft every year gets the, the nickname Mr. Irrelevant. And why is that? Well, you're you're last. You're not, was it? Aren't you 253? Pick number 253. Well, um, yeah. yeah. Depending, yeah. I mean, the the NFL draft now goes seven rounds. There was a time when the draft went like 30 rounds mm. or 32 rounds back in the 40s and 50s, even in the 60s, uh, no 50s. So they started pruning that back, if you will, not going so many rounds. And these days we're down to seven, which is still, that's still a lot of players. Like, like Vinny said, like 253, sometimes 254, 255, but right, right in there, 253. Now, hold on a second. That, that number, if I may use some math, that number isn't divisible by seven, is it? It's, so what what constitutes a round? You know, like, is it every 20 players and then they take a break and then it's the next round? Or how does that well, Or 30 yeah, players? Or? This, it, it, gets, it gets a little bit tricky in here, Ed, because um, there are um, there are the number of NFL teams and then there are trades that sometimes happen oh, uh, season yeah. so you give a draft pick for another year so it goes Dolphins. to somebody else so it, it gets it gets a little bit um tedious in the um it, it's not always even do you know mm, what i mean I, okay yes sometimes you know you skip it you, you've traded away all your draft picks you skip a year okay yep. sure like seattle like the seahawks my team right. didn't have a first round pick this year I, uh, okay okay they that makes it sense because they got a player at some other point got it so number two 256 this year or whatever it was is mr yeah. irrelevant yeah so um 
Mr. Irrelevant is, <laughs> it's not just enough to be named Mr. Irrelevant. You, believe it or not, you become part of like this fraternity of other Mr. Irrelevants. Mm-hmm. You right. go to an arrival party. <laughs> I'm not kidding. There are people <laughs> who show up. There is a banquet where you are awarded the Lozman trophy. <laughs> Not the Heisman trophy. Yes. It's the Lozman trophy. Wow. Which is, do you want to take a guess what it looks like? Uh, uh, no. <laughs> just, no. You should just tell me, I guess. Oh, okay. So I was like, no, and, I'm, and I don't want you to tell me. Uh, it is a statue of a football player... And it looks like he is fumbling the ball or dropping <laughs> the ball. Because the Heisman, he's a. Uh, how is the he's Heisman? He's got it tucked under his arm. Right, and he's got and his, he's the other arm out, right? Yeah. yeah, he's like stiff arming, uh, you know, someone who's barreling for Right. And I just want to let you know I can actually do the Heisman pose, but <laughs> that's something for another <laughs> okay. okay, so you've got the Lozman Trophy and Mr. Irrelevant. So at some point, um, what do you say, Vinny? Monday, Sunday or Monday, we're going to know who Mr. Irrelevant is well, for 2013. It'll be Sunday because Sunday is the last day of the draft. The, you know, they say that, but I feel like they always sneak in like two more rounds. At, you know, <laughs> so the player from the draft. Yeah. North Dakota State Community College on the south side. Mm-hmm. We take Bob. <laughs> wasn't Mr. Irre- wasn't Mr. Irrelevant last year? He was Chandler Harnish of Northern Illinois. Yes, it was, he was. Yes, he was. I yeah. ask you that. Yes, he was. Guys, yeah. before, uh, and I so yes. Um, so, lest you think that all Mr. Irrelevance, like never go anywhere, they never do anything with their mm-hmm. lives. <laughs> yeah, that's immediately what I was thinking. Totally <laughs> There are Mr. Irrelevant who have actually had um, uh, an impact on the game. Oh. There's one Mr. Irrelevant who... Right. I assume you mean like in the broadcast booth. <laughs> <laughs> actually, the broadcast yeah, booth actually around the corner from the college that takes the high school signal that yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Irrelevant on oh. an irrelevant um, oh my goodness. Signal. No, but some have gone on and played in Super Bowls. One was a starting um, fullback. Uh, one became a starting kicker and actually kicked a winning field goal in in uh, in a no, it wasn't a playoff game. Uh, it was a game going to overtime. Anyway, went on to tie an NFL record for highest field goal percentage. So there hmm. are. They're totally um, impacts that Mr. Irrelevance have on the game. And I'm going to send you a link to a story about a Mr. Irrelevant from 1983. Um, oh, did he play for the Giants? Yes, he did. And I'm telling you, it is a tearjerker. Really? Um, yes. The, the interviewee is... Uh, Bill Parcells, who is known right. as a total tough guy yeah. in uh, the NFL. Like, you know, Mr. Hardhead, tough guy, never, never gives an inch. He he starts to cry. You, you should see the piece. It's it, it's phenomenal. All right. So my, oh. my, my story today, 
Mr. Irrelevant. Now, do, do these guys, um, you know, they're still, uh, they, they do get drafted. I mean, there are, there are plenty. <laughs> In fact, I would say most college football players don't get drafted at oh, all. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right, exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. So why do, um, you know, baseball teams have this huge farm league, right, where they can send players down and they come back up and et cetera, et cetera. So how many, why, how many players uh, does a, does a uh, NFL team have and how many do they need? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, how many I, I are on know. the payroll? Oh, well, goodness. I should know that. Um, I think it is in the... I think it's 53. Yeah, on the roster. On a roster. Mm -hmm. But what you also have are other players who, for lack of a better phrase, are sort of waiting in the wings um, on what they call a practice squad. Oh. So if someone goes down with an injury, um, that NFL team can look around the league to see if uh, there's a practice squad player on other teams, on their own teams, who they want to pick up, or someone who's been recently cut from an NFL team who might be able to help out another team short term. Hmm. For for money. I mean, I'm sure there's money <laughs> yes, exchange for that. I, yes, actually for money. <laughs> I mean, yes. to the team. Of course, the player will get paid, but I mean, there's a little what, quid what pro quo there happening or something, right? Sorry, I have no idea what you're talking about. I mean, if you go and you get someone, uh, a, a player from someone else's, uh, what'd you call them? Uh, practice squad. The practice squad. Then I, am, I assume you have to pay that team money to get that you, player. You do, yeah. Yeah. Uh, unless they've been, you know, if a player's been cut or put on waivers, then, then you don't. The team has cut ties with that player. I see. You then have to pay the player. Okay. Only. And we think this is going to happen Sunday? Uh, the Mr. Irrelevant <laughs> we think will happen Sunday, yeah. And, of course, that's televised on ESPN, <laughs> which I can't see. Is that correct? <laughs> cover the, the yeah. late rounds. Oh, yeah. I don't know yeah. if they do. Do they cut back in uh, for well, that's the... That's what I wonder. You know, or do they only go three rounds and then they cut coverage? <laughs> I don't know. Actually, I don't know anymore. Well, we'll find out if... Uh, I, uh, I seem to recall they do. I mean, um, I know they. I think they broadcast like on one of their uh, one of their irrelevant networks, like uh, um, ESPN <laughs> News or something like that. You know, yeah. So, yeah. So I'm not, like there's ESPN, there's the ESPN News, U. there's ESPN News. Well, if any of our if I, if any of our fans who has cable television uh, could could watch this weekend and let us know how they cover the Mister Irrelevant that uh, would really portion of fair. the draft, yes, thank you. you know, but seriously, in all seriousness, I just I feel bad for Chandler because of the situation he's in, being a quarterback and being stuck behind probably the greatest rookie quarterback on, in our generation over the last like twenty years. Who does he? I don't know. Who does he play for? The Colts. He plays for the Colts and the Colts. I know you don't no. follow the NFL, right. but. Um, they, uh, they drafted a, guy, a kid by the name of Andrew Luck, uh, and uh, with the first pick last year, and they went from two wins to eleven wins. And he truly was one of the greatest rookie quarterbacks in the last like twenty years since probably the Marino Elway, since Dan Marino, since John El- John Elway and Dan Marino came came and hit the NFL by storm. So, do they bring? Does Chandler do anything? Do they bring him out to hold the ball for, you know, uh, kicks and things or whatever? He, 
he's probably on the. Pra- I'm pretty sure he's on the practice squad, but mm-hmm. he's. But that's it. He's. He, he. I don't see him holding the ball on extra points, holding the ball on field goals. Heck, I've even seen him suited up in the games. To be honest with you. Oh wow. Hmm. And what happened to uh, what happened to what's his name the the old the old quarterback uh, Peyton Manning oh, yes Peyton, he, he plays for Denver in, what in Denver when now. did this happen <laughs> really I, he plays he plays for Denver yeah they cut him last yeah. year the Colts cut him yep because so let me ask you about this so w- what happens when a quarterback who is at the top of his game like Peyton Manning what happens to them that all of a sudden they're only winning two games a season? What's the deal there? Well, okay, so let's let's split this up, Vinny. What happened to Peyton yeah. Manning is he suffered an injury, and it turned out to be a pretty uh, a pretty devastating one. He had four um, surgeries on his neck, and a lot of people wondered whether he was going to play again. So you have right. him coming. He, he he gets injured during the season. Um, he he goes away. He starts. Uh, he has you know treatments. He has surgery. There's recovery. There's another surgery. Recovery, another surgery, and then you've got a team that's starting to wonder: yeah. Is he going to be the same? Can right. he still throw the ball? It's involved with his neck. Does that involve his shoulder? So you first you have all of those questions that begin surrounding him. Right. And then you've got a balloon payment due to him of like $16 million for a, con- a, a, a huge contract that he had signed several years before. Right. And not only that, you also got to add the fact, too, is that he's been playing ball since... I think his rookie year was in 1999. That was his rookie year. So oh, right, he's he's 57 yeah. years old, right? Yeah, he's getting up there. Yeah. yeah, he's just he's a for a human being, he's a young young gun. For a football player, he's he's older than a tree. Um, I mean, he's 30. Let's see, I'm 35, so I think he's 37 now. 37, 36, I think. Anyway, and what happened was is building on what Kathleen said. He's not only that, he's injured like that. They don't know if. He's how he's going to take a hit, especially if he gets hit from the blind side. Um, you got a team in flux. The team you sat out. They really didn't have anybody as a backup, and they only won two games that year. They were they were they were atrocious. They weren't very good at all. And here's the other thing too. Also, you got one of the two greatest quarterbacks coming out in the draft. Two greatest uh, prospect quarterbacks. Can you tell that barista to turn off that buzzer? Oh, there there you go. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, sorry. There, no, she got it. Gotcha. Well, anyway, you get two oh, of the Oh, there it is again. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, I'm sorry. No, but you got two of the greatest quarterbacks, um, two of the greatest quarterback prospects since the 1983 epic draft that featured guys by the names of Jim Kelly, John Elway, Dan Marino, Tony Eason, um, and uh, Hugh Green. Actually, he was a linebacker, but still, you got two of the greatest quarterback prospects coming out in Andrew Luck and Robert Griffin III. And with the Colts having the number one pick being as bad as they were, it's like, okay, what do you do? Do you invest, you got the number one pick, do you waste your pick hoping to hang on and ride the Peyton train for as long as it can go? Or do you draft this young quarterback, Andrew Luck, which is the greatest quarterback of of a generation, 
and groom him into a the next Peyton Manning and start a new era in Indianapolis, or do you hang on to Peyton and keep giving him that money and hopefully that he returns to the form that he uh, ha- that he's had over the past like ten years? And I and of course the Colts they decided to release Peyton, draft Andrew Luck, and of course you know I watched that post press conference. I wanted to walk up and oh. give Peyton Manning a hug because of, he was yeah. so emotional. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've been down that road. I felt that same way when I left a, a station that I had been, that I worked at, and I had very good relationships and good friendships at. I was just like that. So what happens? Denver doesn't really have a quarterback. You know, they get rid of Tim Tebow because that Tim Tebow experiment didn't quite work, and uh, it did work. But the defense won those games for him, not their offense. And what happens? You know, you got Peyton Manning here. What did Denver do? They put all that money into getting Peyton Manning to go there. Peyton Manning signs with the Broncos, and I think it worked out pretty good. The Colts win 11 games, go to the playoffs. Have one of the greatest turnarounds in the history of the NFL. One-year turnarounds in the history of the NFL. And the Broncos won 13 games. And by the way, Peyton still can play after four neck surgeries. Wow. He came in second in... Um, the NFL MVP voting. He lost to Adrian Peterson, who came back um, from an ACL injury. But actually, I got to say, Peyton had my vote. So does that mean that Denver had to pay him that $16 million? No. no. He was cut. They, was released, cut. they released him. Him. from The Colts cut him, which is what's so... Well, you does know, that mean he, did, those, he doesn't get that money? How does that he work? He didn't get the $16 million from the Colts, but he got a lot from the uh, Broncos. Well, yep. so the balloon payment was if if you, st- yeah, if you stay, if you're on our roster on this date, then you are owed a balloon payment that was part of the contract. But if he was not on the roster, which he wasn't, he wasn't right. owed the money. Well, that sounds like not good. Like he didn't have a very good agent to me, because they have no. What is their incentive to keep him on the team then? Other than His performance. Other than that, he's good. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. Still, well, and not know. only that too. If I were if him, you, I'd look for a new agent. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I, no, you're right. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say you're lying there, Ed. But you also got to have the fact too. I mean, the Broncos have really struggled at the quarterback position ever since John Elway retired. Ever since John True. Elway hung up his cleats and rode off into the sunset, you know, winning a Super Bowl. They have really struggled at that at that position. They had Brian Green. That's true. You don't want to be riding a horse and and cleat with cleats on. That's true. It's it's well, just it's wrong. I know on yeah. many levels. Yeah. It's very tamal abuse, right? Yeah. No, but um, but but it's just. I mean, look at. I mean, I'm not the world. I'm not Bronco. I'm not a Broncos fan, but still, it's just you got to look at that situation. I mean, the Brian Greasy experiment didn't work. They struggled with him. Then they brought in Jake Plummer from Arizona. Um, Jake Plummer got them. He, he he got them 10, 11 wins, but three and uh, 13 wins in 2005. I mean, the only time the Broncos have been relevant since you know since the John Elway days and taking. Uh, and not including last year, excluding last year, they've only really been relevant one year, and that was in 2005 when they won 13 games, and they went to the NFC AFC Championship game that year, but got throttled by the, by Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers. But they really have been irrelevant in that in that position, and now they got a legitimate starter in Peyton Manning, and 
heck, I mean, with all due respect to Tim Tebow, the guy is kind of an upgrade over Tim Tebow, just a little. Well, all right. Uh, so it's a, it's a feel-good story all around. <laughs> Thank you, Kathleen. That was very interesting. And uh, this is a tough choice. Um, uh, um, and it, but I'll tell you, as much, as much as I root for those poor kids who go to Yale and have no opportunities presented to them throughout the rest of their life... <laughs> And and they're and using their tenacity to fight back and and win over uh, Quidditch or what is the other college? What's it called? Quinnipiac. Quinnipiac, which was very interesting to me. But I'm, I think I'm going to have to go with Kathleen Quinn this week. Jeez, you always go with <laughs> Kathleen. My God. <laughs> but, Jeez, but mainly, but it's mainly because you and I have a uh, we we personally know uh, Chandler Harnish. You know, last year's. Uh, Mr. Irrelevant. So, so we have a history there. Wait a minute. So there's a fix in on this? <laughs> For you. I was just about to say that Vinny woke up on the wrong side of the coffee shop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, guys. This is a terrific show. I appreciate it. Uh, so thank you very much. Thanks, Kathleen. Thank you, Vinny. <laughs> thank you, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Kathleen, the... Uh, don't be a source for it. That's what you told me week one. Don't be, don't be a source for it. Yeah, I got every- robbed. But I've lost every single one since. No, Ed won last week. That's right. Ed hijacked the show last week. I still lost. It's a loss. It's a loss. It doesn't matter if you have one point or 20 points. It's still a loss. Thanks to everyone for listening. If you have any comments about today's show, like like our obviously our hosts do, then you can reach us by emailing us at 211 at epicdeer.com. Uh, you can also leave a comment at the website, epicdeer.com slash two-on-one. Uh, and uh, you can also follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. And you can leave a comment and review us on iTunes. And uh, a few people have. That's fantastic. We really appreciate it. And it we really helps more. out the show. We want more. <laughs> Absolutely. We want more. <laughs> like the little girl in the AT&T commercial says, we want more. We want more. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, two on One is a production of Epic Deer Studios. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye, fellas. See ya. We want more. <laughs> <laughs>